Hey everyone, welcome to my show. I'm Tiffany Blackman with my so-called fabulous. Welcome, welcome everyone. And today I'm putting my chef coat back on because you know I have that passion for food and wine. I love it. I literally eat it up. I adore it. And I'm so excited because we've had chefs and we're doing chef series and I'm bringing in two amazing people that's been in my life since 2009 when they opened. Welcome to the show, Ellerby's Fine Foods from Fort Worth, Texas. Welcome Chef Molly McCook and welcome Richard King. Great. Thanks for having us. It's yes. so great having you. Great being here. I know. It's great seeing you not in your element, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm not seated at a dining table mm -hmm. or at your bar, but welcome. And I have to tell you, I know you opened your fabulous restaurant, Fine Dining, in 2009 in June, because that's when Greg and I started dating. And that was one of our first dates at your, at your restaurant. Thanks. And I know the Blackman family loves mm -hmm. Ellerby's. So thank you for all you've done. So I'm excited to have you both here and explain to us about the restaurant industry, the changes we've gone through, because we have gone through a huge, we're still in COVID. It's still a thing, isn't it? Still yeah, a thing, it's okay. It's, and, and I have watched you, we've all watched you, and I know Fort Worth has su supported you for sure. So first of all, your bios. So you two are from Shreveport, Louisiana. And I understand you've been friends for a long, long time, right? Long time, since oh. I was about 12. Yeah, yeah. 30 years. 30 years. Oh, my goodness. And, and you were saying, Richard, when you walked in, you really didn't think you would be sitting here at your age and you're young with Molly in business, right? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah, but I mean, you're so lucky to be, right? Uh, yeah, oh, well, thanks. And very <laughs> humble about it, too. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, just we started, um, we always grew up, you know, with, with families that were always into food and wine. And I think, um, and we had no idea our families it just was part of, it's part of our being, it's part of our dinners, it's part of our traveling. And, uh, and both our families went down the same kind of path and that they instilled that richness of why it's important to embrace, you know, food and wine at every meal together, you know, and also learn more about it. You know, not, not just a style we, we cook in our family, other, what other families cook. And that's what Molly's really kind of adapted some of your menus to some traditions and also some of your traveling traditions as well. Sure. Yeah. Molly, did you know you were going to be a chef when you were a little girl? Always loved it. It was always my hobby. Mm -hmm. um, dinner parties, you know, my mother would have grand dinner parties at our house, and I was always playing sous chef to her and eating all over the world with them. Um, but um, I really, I went to school to become a veterinarian. No. Yes. yes. I didn't see that. I know. I know. I I worked in vet hospitals, did a couple years um, pre-vet, and then just realized that was not the direction I wanted to do. And I really was wanting to turn this hobby into a career and it was before food network and all of that mm -hmm. stuff just to date myself, but, mm -hmm. oh yeah, <laughs> um, and so I really wasn't sure about the path or how that happens, but, um, I was at Colorado state at the time and luckily they had a restaurant and resort management degree that I switched over to and just wow. hit the ground running from there. And then went on out to San Francisco, and you did a lot. I mean, you've worked with some amazing chefs. And um, I know San Francisco has been hit very, very hard, the different restaurants. But, I mean, yes. you, went, you, went, you worked at Stars. 
I mean, yeah. I, I mean, just beautiful, fabulous. Re- Gary Danko. Yes. Beautiful restaurants. I mean, over there on Fisherman's Wharf mm-hmm. in that area, I've yes. been to that restaurant. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's fine dining. And when you were doing these internships and these, these, when you were working there as a chef in whatever cap- capacity, did you know that fine dining and sustainability, because I do want to talk about your concept. Did you know that that was your passion? Not yet. Um, after school, I went and worked at Gary Danko and I really thought that style was what I was going to want to do. Mm-hmm. Very, um, fancy, the, um, couture style, you know, very French. And I still love doing mm-hmm. that, but I thought that's what I was going to do every single day for sure. And after I finished up at Gary Danko, I uh, moved over to Stars under a chef named Emil Schwetner. And she was the first one to really show me the farm to table in a restaurant setting. And she had been at Chez Panisse and done all of those other things. And so I started learning seasonally menu design from her and then went from there. She told me I needed to go to LA. I needed to work with Suzanne. She packed me up and gave me a letter, said, don't open it, just hand it to her and you'll be fine. And and so I, I listened to her, went and she really, Suzanne then took it to another level with me. And, you know, I started working the markets and all of that. Um, and I realized this is, this is how I'd grown up and it all made sense. It just clicked all of a sudden. And you went to, after you did go, because I went to TCU and had a food science and nutrition degree, then went to culinary school on the East coast at Johnson Wales and totally change your, I mean, it just totally, I mean, food science and nutrition, you're talking about food preservation and to fresh and food and you're on the bay and just just so many different flavors and learning flavor profiles and that French classic cuisine that, you know, people are like, do you like to cook, cook French? I, you know, I cook French when I cook, mm-hmm. but I don't do the sauces. I just, you know, my life's not in that. I just go see you. <laughs> <laughs> all I do now. But when you, you went out to the California, California Culinary Academy and that, that's where you really do learn. I mean, the basics of your, your, your uh, French cooking. Yes. I mean, yes, definitely you, the basics, you know, your t- <laughs> potatoes, your turno and all mm-hmm. those fabulous things. So in sauces. So interesting that that's where the sustainability learning in California and yes. that's where that came from. And would you, both of you, please explain your concept to my listeners and followers in my community about your concept? Yeah, well, we, um, <clears throat> our concept um, kind of evolved. You know, Molly and I had a vision of what we wanted to be um, back in 07 and 08. And um, we decided to, to do the restaurant and, and finally pulled the trigger in 2008 and it got it all ready to go. And if you remember, 2008 was not a really great year in, in the United States. A lot, a lot of businesses were shutting down. Um, we still <laughs> moved forward. Um, even our parents were kind of a little leery on some of this side, but we did. And um, Young and dumb. Young and dumb. It yeah. works. And it that works. was a blessing. It was a it blessing does. we worked. It does. So, we, you know, we started at LRB um, being Molly's background of just using fresh and seasonal, you know, um, and then as much as possible as local. And, uh, and, and back in 09, we we're opening up that concept wasn't around. It's more, it's definitely more prevalent now for sure, which is fantastic. Um, but it really wasn't around in 2009. And, um, even the style of, I think cuisine and cooking that you were doing wasn't even really around hundred percent in Texas. 
Um, so w- that was really fun to kind of develop this. How are we going to work with these local farmers, these cheesemakers, these ranchers? And we didn't know them. We didn't know who they were, but Molly had the background of, I got them. I'll find them. I'll, I'll get the great ones in I'll, and I'll, I'll develop this relationship with them where they be kind of become our partners in our business. Um, and then with me on the, on the, uh, the front of house side, that's what I, that's what I've always kind of worked on the, in the business and with the wine. And then, so I was able to have fun on the wine side of constantly in uh, evolving our menu around our, our wine list around the menus. Um, and that's something that I'd never done either. Um, I've always just, you know, had wine list and wine list. You had that same wines all year long, but we can't do that at LRB with the, the menu changing, you know, really about six times a year, give or take. Is that when it, is that about? Uh, We change weekly, but I mean, kind of six major changes, if you will, Mm -hmm. you know, give or take. So, and then, yeah, so the wine list kind of evolves with that. So that's why whenever, when you come, you kind of, you get a whole new menu and different experience almost every single time you come in, Mm -hmm. you know, which is good and bad. Some guests are like, I really miss that sweet bread dish you had. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That would be my brother-in-law, Kirk Brockman. Oh, right. I didn't hear this on there. That's right. Like, yeah, yep. it does change. It does change. But, and and are you, um, with that concept, Molly, do you solely do the R&D? Are you just totally creating the menu? Do you have help? Do you have, are you both doing that collaboratively? I have solely done it for the last 10 years. And then I am working with a wonderful sous chef. Um, and over these last six months or so, we've really um, gotten the opportunity to expand with him. And uh, he's helping on some of them, some specials and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's really fun to get to collaborate with someone else now. Isn't that fun? It is. And seeing the young passion. I've had chefs on here before. In fact, uh, said, you know, you really can't teach passion. No, you mm-hmm. can't. You know, you can go to culinary school and you can get the piece of paper, just like in anything. But sure. if you don't have that passion for food and, and to go through the trenches, like, yep. oh, mm-hmm. goodness gracious. Okay, Richard, so t- tell me, you're a fellow frog. So go frogs. frogs. I yeah. know, we're purple blood here. So, so you started your, your, your equip, equip at strategic equipment is how you started your career, right? Right out of college? I, or I did. Kind yeah. of? I sold um, ovens and plates. Really exciting. Um, <laughs> I know, it's riveting. I went, it oh, is I riveting. That. It that is, is yes, kitchen I equipment. Know. Gosh, it's just so hot to talk about that. Um, you didn't know I was going there, did you? <laughs> right. I did not. But what it did, it it it, it brought a, a different experience. And I was there, gosh, I think about four years, maybe five, that um, we were able to use, and we still use in the mm-hmm. restaurant, um, you know, just of how to design the kitchens and how to design the front of the house and what are the right stuff to bring in for these both those, you know, sides because they're two different, um, you know, parts of the restaurant, you know, if you will. And so um, – yeah, I started out there um, in the sales because, I mean, I love to talk. So it was, it was fun to, to be in that sales side, but also working with these pretty big restaurants across the United States and traveling to them and helping them set up their restaurants. So uh, it was good, young experience for me mm-hmm. on that side. Okay. Uh, one more time, I'll ask you. When you went across to all these fabulous restaurants across the United States, did you think, I'm going to do that? No. Okay, not, still. Not, not, not yet. Not, not, not at all. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Okay. All right, so you moved there, and then you went on into customer anal- analytics or consumer mm-hmm. analytics. Mm-hmm. What in the world? Help me out, because that's not my brain. Yeah, so that was a, a company here in Fort Worth called called Buxton, mm-hmm. and uh, as a, it, was an, it was an analytical firm where we were analyzed just, you know, demographic data and demographic data of where to put um, – commercial businesses, restaurants, and things like that, mm-hmm. um, and also help out municipalities to land certain businesses. Mm-hmm. 
so then I learned on that side, um, you know, marketing and where, where are the right places to put your kind of concepts and maybe what you think is your primary customer could be a secondary customer. Secondary could be a primary. So you kind of learned wow. that really fun marketing nerd side to mm -hmm. it. You know, I was on the sales side of it and we had great teams to help us really analyze the information behind that. Right. And, and I get, I have a point here because you have spent 15 years from busboy to mm -hmm. the front of the house, to the back of the house. Mm -hmm. And now you're in the front of the house. You're the general mm -hmm. manager mm -hmm. of LRB, but all of that experience. And I say that because I do have a demographic that's very young that listens and watches. And they're like, I don't know what I want to do mm -hmm. when I grow up. I mean, and it's, it's guests like yourself that, well, I really, I always liked this, but I really didn't think I really wanted to be. I wanted to be a vet. So in teaching kids, your kids too, you know, you don't have to know what you want to do immediately in life. So, so bring us to the restaurant. So Richard, you love wine because okay. you brought two <laughs> bottles here. So what did you bring? First of all, how did you tell us your wine? You love wine. Mm -hmm. There's a passion mm -hmm. for it. So yeah. tell us your education with wine and how that started. Yeah, I mean, wine is is definitely a part of me. It's part of our everyday in our in our family as well. So um, I started out with my, with my dad traveling through different wine countries throughout you know the United States and also the world, and he also had a passion for it. And um, started collecting when I was eighteen years old of wine, and um, it's just it's a unique beverage that you know really has great memories every single time you open a bottle up. You know, um, it it can make a meal taste better. It can mm -hmm. make a meal fun, happy, a lot of laughs. Uh, and it's not complicated. You know, I think people really overcomplicate wine and get intimidated by wine. Um, it's fruit juice with alcohol in it. Um, it's really good. It's juice. really good fruit juice, alcohol. <laughs> and, you know, but you get, you get to taste everybody's personality in every single bottle. That's totally different. And that, that's what's fun. And it's fun learning that and learning those different winemaker style or certain regions that why they taste this Pinot from this region tasted from this Pinot to this other region and, and, uh, and why I would work with this dish, but it won't work with this dish. It's just, it's a, it's a fun puzzle every single day to, to, to work with and so, to talk about. So do you look at Molly's menu mm -hmm. and do you pair with her menu? And then of course you go beyond because there's more things. And I mean, and I say pair because I know that there's flavor profiling and I know that there's there, we do pair, but there's still that that person. I work for the beef industry. There's still that person that wants a a fabulous ribeye steak with a pinot grigio. Yep, There's that right. person. You know what I mean? Yeah. It 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 doesn't necessarily work, but it works for them. So what do you say? I mean, that, how do you? Yeah, select? that can still be a pairing, right? That's just a mental pairing. Like you, you're not going to be able to force them away from their pinot grigio from their steak. That's they mentally. That's what's going to pair right. well. Um, and there's probably a memory attached to that, why they do that in the first place and, and not even realize it. You know, we have so many of those little nuances that we do without even thinking about it. That's right. You know, and it's easy to guide people as well. You know, people are willing to listen and most people are willing to try as well. Um, so then, you know, when they come to the restaurant, we kind of guide them through, our, you know, because Molly's Cuisine is, it has a lot of tradition behind it, but sometimes they're like, I don't know what this word is. And so our server will guide them through what that is. Oh, yeah, my grandmother used to make that. Exactly. Your grandmother used to make exactly. this. But this is the French term for it now, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and then they'll say, you know, well, we want a cab with this. Well, cab will work, but maybe we can kind of go down this path um, that might actually make the food taste better. And also the wine will go better with it. 
And if you don't like it, it's okay. Molly and Richard will drink that bottle of wine in their, in their <laughs> office, and we'll find another bottle of wine that you're going to like for dinner. You, you know? got so, this. Yeah, right. so somebody's going to win on this deal, yeah. you know. So, um, yeah, so I think more so in the past five years, we've seen a lot more of our customers being more um, free thinking on it um, and really more adaptive. And I think now we have more wine information at our fingertips that we did. 10 years ago when we started LRB, mm-hmm. now people have all these apps in their phones. They can cake our wine list and they can figure out, you know, oh, that's a neat wine. That's a good price. I want to do that, um, which we didn't really have that, you know, right. five, 10 years ago. Technology. So w- wine's come a long way quickly in, in, in the United States. So I see you bought a bottle and what I, my first, my first visual, and we, if you're on YouTube, you can see here, he has a, you can tell us what you brought, but it's a screw top. Yeah. Love them. I love them. Yeah. I um, love it. Can't mess that one up. No, no, you can't. And the bottle does not go, it doesn't go nope. back. No, it won't. <laughs> it won't. I love that. So tell us what you brought with the red. Yeah, so the red um, screw cap, that little coat to roan. So, um, Is that amazing? Well, in a screw cap thing, I know we all have our, our feelings about, you know, pulling that nice bottle of wine, that cork right out of it. You know, it does feel good, and it has that great little smell to the cork that we like to see and touch. But you're right, uh, a cork... Uh, wine has cork in it. There, there is a possibility something can go wrong. You know, still, still living food in that bottle. Screw cap is great. Brings the cost down the bottle of wine, which I like. You know, we're, we're all we're all trying to kind of watch our budgets this year on a lot of things, and so screw caps are way to go. The wine's not going to be bad either, and it won't be flawed at all. Um, but this one, this Codrone, you know, I I like it. I think for the holidays, it's you know, it's called a GSM, so Grenache Syrah Mouvedre blend. So it's out of France, out of the Rhone area in France. And it is, it's a blend that goes well with all these flavors we got coming up in Thanksgiving and also coming through in the uh, Christmas time. That's not too huge, not too big and bold, but nice and round style red wine that's medium, mm-hmm. you know, style, um, which I think kind of goes well with the, the flavors we're getting ready to get into, mm-hmm. you know, and, and for the fall, you know. But you're right, Texas, we, we still like our cabs, you know, all, all day I long. Know, I know. And cabs have their place, but, you know, I'm here to like, hey, there's also places for these other guys as well. And they might even be a little better place than your cabs. You know, get out of your box a little bit. Exactly. And um, so at Thanksgiving, do you have a population, probably be my age group, that would say, do you have a, can I, do you have a Beaujolais Nouveau, please? Oh, man. What a (laughs) great way of asking that question. You know what I'm saying? We do. Beaujolais are uh, my favorite wine to drink on Thanksgiving. Of course. just because it's it's light, it's fruity, it's fresh. You're getting these really bigger flavors, you know, and 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 Thanksgiving on the food side. So it's nice to have a wine that kind of has the opposite profile that kind of really kind of mellows that food down a little bit and not so heavy, you know. Because I mean, one Thanksgiving and Christmas, like we're, we're, you know, that's that one day you're going to eat and drink all day long. Correct. And um, that's why we do the the Beaujolais, especially mm-hmm. if you can get the Cru Beaujolais, you know. I mean, like $5 more and they're, you know, they're, you don't want to spend a whole lot of money in these great wines. 15, Not at all. 15, 18, 20 bucks, maybe. And you get some great wines for in that time. Mm-hmm. I will go and try to purchase because I still, my mother did. I mean, that was what she served. And, um, I, they always, I, the, the wine, the, the, the sales guy or gal always tries to talk me out of it. And I'm like, no, it's just, I think it's just a tradition and go mm-hmm. back what you said, Molly. It's a memory of what my yes. mom 
Mm-hmm. That's what she did. And that's so what was on the table. That's what we're going to have. Yeah. I don't want a Pinot Noir. I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'll drink that later. But mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I mean, it that's is. Right. So tell us about, you know, we are getting close to the holidays. Um, this is airing two weeks before the holidays, actually two or three weeks. So tell me what you're doing because we have gotten used to the curbside. We've gotten used to takeout. We've gotten used to ordering our food because I think we have cooked and cooked and cooked until we're done. And at consumers, that's just mine. I love to cook, but I think consumers are home and they've cooked and they love it or they're done. So tell us what you're offering and we can start now. Sure. Order. Yeah. Um, well, back when we started for the first couple years, we did everything but the bird and we are bringing it back. Um, so what we're offering is all the sides just not the bird. So right. you only have to focus on the bird. We have a full menu that'll feed four to six people, pick it up the day before, pop it in the oven, complete heating instructions, and be ready to go. Um, and we're also offering desserts as well. Um, our bread pudding, which if we don't have it on the menu, there would be an uproar. So our yes. bread puddings are My there husband. as well as a pumpkin pie for those who want to go traditional. Um And the menu this year is traditional with a little bit of a twist. So I'm bringing in like the cornbread dressing that I used to have growing up that has a little andouille sausage in it and some roasted Brussels sprouts, uh, candied sweet potatoes that my uh, nanny taught me how to make. (laughs) But we're going to top those with some spiced pumpkin seeds. And so it'll be a little fancy, but still those flavors and memory foods that we've all grown up with. Do you find that uh, when you are, are are creating these menus, it's difficult sometimes because people have that that dressing that they had growing up, that cornbread dressing. That that's what they want. That's what they're having. They don't want um, a, a a a bread dressing, just like a sourdough bread dressing. You know, do you have that? Like people, obviously, this is very 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 to me. It's southern, and of course, we're all from the south here, but. It's very traditional. And so do you have people that if you would have put something crazy on here that they go, mm, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, the first few years I did two styles of menu. I had a very, very traditional one. And then I had one that was a little more unique. Mm-hmm. And our number one seller of all of it was mashed potatoes and gravy. Absolutely. Over and over again. And so we just knew from seeing that. People want their more traditional mm-hmm. style mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving, you know, and and we want to offer that. That's Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday. Yes. Just because of the food mm-hmm. and it is all-time favorite. My mother doesn't allow me to cook. She, she does the entire thing. Never have I been able to cook. Cook Thanksgiving. Even when I was in college, I'd come home and we'd have Thanksgiving dinner because I loved it. N- not in Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather would come over. It was his favorite thing as well, too. So you... You have those memory foods, and there's a time for that, and it's Thanksgiving. It so. is. It is. Um, my my mom passed probably 11 years ago, and um, she's a fabulous cook. We have a long line of, of cooks and chefs in my family, and she made the, the cornbread dressing, and I watched her. That's back when children really did. They were in the kitchen. You were in the kitchen. You were in the kitchen. Um, I was in the kitchen making roux with my great-grandmother in, in Louisiana. I mean, the dark roux by the vat. And I'm not, you know, people are like, oh, you make a quarter cup of roux. No, it's a Folgers coffee can full of roux, and you're on your knees scooping, scooping, <laughs> scooping. 
been out making gumbo with a chicken and a duck that was out in the yard. So those memories are certainly there. Um, But my mother making the cornbread dressing, my daughter, now that's 21, during COVID, she had me make it and she had me teach her make it because she just was like, what if we don't have this someday? Because it's not written down. You know, I mean, it's it's up here. And so those memories for sure. Now, do you have a similar, Richard, your, your, your flavors and your menu at Thanksgiving, is it similar to what you and Mo- you and Molly have created here? In, in our home, personally? Yes. Yeah. So my wife is the same with Molly. It's her favorite holiday. <clears throat> but I am not a huge turkey guy, a huge stuffing guy. So we used to do like a rabbit or a lamb or something like that. And also, we we have to have the turkey. So we do kind of what, what we did on the LRB a couple, just several years ago. We do both menus mm-hmm. um, on there just because I, I – there's only so much white turkey I can I can really <laughs> yeah. try to enjoy. I mean, um, turkey sandwiches you can. It, it is. That's right. So um, yeah, we, we we blend it in we our blend house. Blend it. Oh, that's a great. I love the menu and and it's a great idea. And this actually, there's seven. This is all included. Is all, this great? It's all included. So yeah. there's this. There's seven sides, if you may, and um, then two actually, like you said, two desserts. Ninety five dollars for four to six people is incredible. I mean, that's incredible. And you don't have to work, people, at all. You just well, have to heat it up. It's just going to be easy. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you are obviously closed on Thanksgiving Day, right? We are. Okay. Yeah. So t- tell us about that. And and because in the restaurant industry, there's days you have to work, right? I mean, there's like New Year's De- New Year's Eve and so on and so forth. So, right? That's a mm-hmm. tough... It's it's not retail, but it is retail, right? It sure. is. But we said from the get-go um, that we wanted to have a quality of life. And we wanted the people that worked with us to have quality of life and some type of balance. And so from the time that LRB opened, we made sure that no one ever worked Thanksgiving. You know, we always worked thing or I always worked Thanksgiving yes. until LRB. Um, we're always closed for Christmas so that everyone can have that time with their family. Um, and, and we just make sure that there's yeah. breaks within. And that, that's the beauty of, of just with Molly and I being the owners and it's us, we can make decisions tomorrow about our business, which is great. And we'll shut down like, you know, it's been, a, it's been a little bit of hard December, but, you know, working really hard. Let's, let's close a few extra days after Christmas this, this time. And we're able to make that call because our whole staff, you know, everybody needs a break. You know, you mentioned earlier about the passion, right? I mean, we're all, we wouldn't work every single weekend night and all these other busy, busy holidays. If it wasn't for the passion, mm. but we also need breaks. Mm-hmm. too. So, um, you re-energize yourself and also be with your family. Exactly. That's the main thing. Exactly. So your staff, there's some, some that you've had since the beginning, right? Are all, or how is, how is your, I mean, tell us about your staff. I know Scott, Scott's all. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Who Scott? doesn't know Scott? That's right. <laughs> I mean, we, we do he's the so- one sashaying around your, your, your dining room, of course. <laughs> That's right. Making his own mask. Um, <laughs> oh my stars. Oh, I know. Literally stars. <laughs> Everything's bedazzled. Um, <laughs> Anyway, no, we, we do, we do have, um, some of our original staff with us still, which, um, we're, we're proud of that. That's a rare feat, um, in a small restaurant like us. Um, and also, but our staff is, uh, everybody we bring in, I mean, they go through a couple of different interviews with us, but we, that first interview is important because you just feel that passion with them. We keep going back to that word, but 
It's just we know they want to be in this business, um, and it's not all about the end result being all about the money. It's like, I can't wait to cook this dish. And it, it changes when I learn it, you know, every, or talk about the dish at a, at a server. Um, so, you know, we've always had the philosophy and we tell our, our, everybody here, like we hope when you leave our restaurant is that you're a way better person, whatever position you were in, that you're not coming in just to cook something on the fryer or to just serve food. You, you, you're, you're going to, one, move through our company um, and, 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 and just be better on, on the food and wine side. But also, like, you're, you're, our motto is you're serving your grandmother every single day. That mm. could be a food critic. Right. And just if you have that mentality, then you're, you're going to make that person feel really comfortable making that dish for them and serving that dish for them. Right. And honestly, LRB is not the easiest restaurant job. It's not. And we've known that from mm-hmm. the time that we opened. We demand a certain level of quality from ourselves, from the rest of our staff, from everyone, from the moment you walk in. And working in a kitchen where the menu is changing six times a year or we're having to come up with new things on the fly because a farmer, you know, the deer ate the lettuce. So we've got to change something up. You have to be on your toes and you have to be dedicated to what we're doing. And it's the same in the front. They have to be dedicated to learn these wines, to learn this food. And you have to show the passion in that. And if you don't, you're not going to succeed at LRB. That's right. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that's a great point because you do, you, that there is a level that you're, you're, you're upholding and what you, we were saying about a food credit coming in. Yee. I mean, you have to, <laughs> Hey, everybody has to needs to have a, have a really good day. But I was saying you were nominated James Beard. Um, I mean, congratulations for being Thank a you. semi-finalist finalist for James Beard. I mean, what an honor and accomplishment. Thank I mean, you. Incredible. I'm so proud of you on that. Um, so but the press that you've received, Bon Appetit won a 10, went to the 10 um, best restaurants. Mm-hmm. What year was that? In 10. In 10. Mm-hmm. Right after opening. Feels like yesterday. Feels like 35 years ago. <laughs> 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 yes, literally. <That's> right. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and all of the, I mean, Southern Living, I worked for Southern Living right out of culinary school. And, you know, what a great, was it the best shops? That, I think that was your, that was the article. It was, well, yeah, we, we got a lot of, gosh, I mean, there's a lot of accolades. I mean, we were certainly, I mean, certainly blessed. Very blessed. Um, we worked hard at it, that's for sure. But, um, it, but the Ellerby story also, you know, and we did, we got this old gas station. You know, it was built in 1920 just because it's what we could afford. That was kind of. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell us that. Well, it, 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 so that's really how I mean, we, we were looking at all these great places in the Fort Worth of where to put this restaurant. Um, and we looked at, I mean, we looked at some of the hot spots that we knew would be a hot spot. Um, but we couldn't afford those hot spots. Mm-hmm. And so, like Molly was saying earlier, young and dumb. So we thought, well, let's go to another area that's we feel is kind of up and coming and could be, it will be a hot spot. And it's just on the verge of getting there, but not there as the, the time we signed our lease. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we got an old 1920 Texaco gas station that we, it was just had a great bones and a great heart to it. And we just kind of re- redo it. And we had a lot of press really take that story on of how we took this dilapidated station and made it this really beautiful Napa style feeling mm-hmm. restaurant inside in an area that we kind of, we were pushing the limitations of that area a little bit. We, you know, we were one of the first restaurants on that street and definitely the, on the higher end for sure. 
Um, and the population wasn't quite there over there yet, but now it, it's just, it's one of the hottest areas to be in Fort Worth. Oh, I know it. Um, and so we're just, you know, it, it, that was a fun project. So a lot of, a lot of press has kind of gravitated to that story as well. Mm-hmm. And that just organically happened. I mean, mm-hmm. that we did not plan that like, oh, this is going to be a neat spot in 10 years from now. It just kind of happened that way. It, it, I mean, that is amazing. When mm-hmm. I was there a Friday night, we walked down and, I, you know, it's just ever evolving. Magnolia mm-hmm. over in that area, it's just invo- evolving. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I remember when you opened, it wasn't there. I mean, an That's apartments right. and That's right. and good for you. So tell us about what's going on, because I'm trying to figure out where to put COVID in here, because you do have a beautiful new bar, because before you had kind of a market, it looked mm-hmm. like a Napa Valley, you're going into a winery and there's a little market. So tell us, tell us how that concept arrived and then we'll move into our pandemic. Or well, vice versa. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, it. you're right. It was a market when you first walked in or that feel of a market. Right. And that's hence the name LRB Fine Foods. And that's another thing is when we started our concept in 08 and our brands and in 09, you know, we, we opened the doors up. We had this, the idea of a fine dining restaurant and then a market when you walk in. Um, but we, we, we learned really quickly off the bat is yeah. um, Fourth wanted more of the fine dining farm to table scene. Um, and, and, and we also didn't have the time to get to the other portion of it. So we never got there mm-hmm. and that was being just, um, adaptive to our lives and what was thrown at us at that time. So we, we, it kind of kept that area. It's something, um, as a market with something we've always kind of wanted to do is put a bar in. So yeah, we, we finally, we, we enclosed our, our, our patio, made it a really nice New Orleans garden room, mm-hmm. you know, on the outside that it still can be open air, but it has what it, you know, right now it's closed up and it's really pretty inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we put it in the, it's really just fun bar and also New Orleans style feel, you know, in that mm-hmm. bar, got that bar is what from the late 1800s mm-hmm. from a, in, out of Pennsylvania, we built a wine cellar. We have a table in the middle of this communal table that's, you know, sits 10. It's from the 1700s out of France. We had a lot of fun doing this bar for, so when you did walk in LRB, it's a place like, you know what, I want to go have something to drink before we go sit down for dinner or you finish it. Like, you know, let's, let's go have, let's go have a little dessert glass of dessert wine at the bar, um, waiting area. And then, yeah, like Molly was saying earlier, I got to finally build my wine cellar and, um, good and bad. I've grown our wine collection pretty, it's pretty large now. Mm. Yeah. yeah, We're we're one of the largest, largest (laughs) in the area. Um, so we had to give all that, all those wine's a, a good home and so now they're cellared in there as well so it's, that's one of the first things you see when you walk in as a seller that holds 2,000 bottles and mm-hmm. it's fun but then we shut down yeah that's when COVID came yeah <laughs> finished this bar right right before literally right before Valentine's yeah. that, that week of mm-hmm. uh finished everything and then almost we had a, our grand opening scheduled for the first week of April you that's did. right oh yes. yeah <laughs> we had a great great party uh lined up and then yeah May uh 12th we, we uh, end up shutting everything down inside. Well, I mean, March. Yeah, March. It all runs together at this point. One day is it? I know. Yeah. Is so it th- Thanksgiving just today? Keep or going. Just right. keep going. That's right. Yeah, so then, yeah. So, we just, you know, as a state mandate, they, everybody was forced to shut down. Um, <clears throat> with that happening, you know, Molly and I, we, we knew that was going to happen. You know, we, we did, well, just like we we physically had that feeling like this is going to happen. We were watching some other states that uh, some of their, 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 their data and also some of what what those new municipalities were doing. So we, we knew we weren't too far behind. Luckily, um, we went curbside the very next day or no, it might've been the day before. We went curbside the weekend. The weekend before it shut. Yep. 
Really? Yeah. So we were kind of the very first ones to do it. Um, so we already had that model kind of lined up and in place. So our transition wasn't a rough one, really. It was actually very energizing because um, our staff, you know, a lot of staff got that fear of where's my job going to be tomorrow. Um, I, I mean, I, I still have rent due no matter what. And this, we didn't know anything about COVID really quite yet and how long this is going to be. We thought, no question, this is going to be a two-week hiccup. Maybe three weeks. No, no way this is going longer than this. No. Um, but there's still that fear of, because, you know, when we don't know what's good, tomorrow's going to hold, we, we just, we just think the worst. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but we were to do curbside and it was fantastic. It was fun. Everybody, we, everybody stayed on the whole staff did. And the whole staff? The whole staff. It was Our great. Staff. Oh my yeah. stars. It was great. Um, then everybody else kind of started doing it as well, which is great. Um, and then so through that COVID process that Molly and I, we, 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 okay, let's change it up then. You know, let's change our, our style. So we added some little new things in. One, to give our, our customers always different options during this, this challenging time. And then two, to, I mean, it, it might be more importantly to keep our staff, you know, keep, keeping their mental state really good. You know, and like you have a safe home working here. We will figure this out. Um, you know, we didn't take a couple of checks for a, for a long time. Yes. Um, right. So, you know, and then, you know, we, we, we went open for lunch. We opened back up in May. Was it May? We all opened back up. Mm -hmm. And it, it was a soft opening, you know, because, I mean, the, the, the public was still a little uneasy sure. about coming out. Not us. We no, were there. I know. <laughs> we were there knocking on the door. <laughs> we were. We were. You know, and, and uh, but it was it was just good to see faces again. It oh. was good. I mean, even though you didn't know if you're going to hug somebody or shake their hand, you didn't know what to do. Um, you know, the COVID fist bump wasn't really quite around yet. And, um, but it was, it was just, it was finally to, to get kind of back a little bit of uh, some normalcy back into our game again. Um, you know, we never opened back up for lunch week. We, we, and we still are shut down for lunch. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's during this whole time, it's given you and I some time to really reflect on other stuff, um, about our company, about our families, you know, um, so there's been some really great things that we never would have thought would have come out of this COVID. If COVID wouldn't have happened, we never would have done some of these things. Also, that's been it's been it's been it's been a kind of a, a real unique disguise blessing. Yeah, it's given us an opportunity too to focus, like you're saying, on other aspects that mm -hmm. we would not have even thought to incorporate, like. Richard's been doing the virtual wine tastings mm -hmm. and we've been getting to do in the kitchen, the little nosh boxes to go with that. And that's been really fun and mm -hmm. different because we always loved our wine dinners, but right now it's just not the time for that, but we've gotten to offer this to more people in a larger format. Mm -hmm. And then also the throwback Thursdays, we've been doing kind of more of a comfort style mm -hmm. family meals once a week and, you know, all those flavors and things that people want and they're not having to do it themselves. And so it was, it, it's been it's been fun to see new projects come through for LRB mm -hmm. during mm -hmm. this. So Molly, your throwback Thursday, and um, is this in dining in or curbside or both? Curbside. Curbside. Yeah. Okay. For example, Homestyle Meatloaf was October 15th. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Of course, the mashed potatoes and yes. gravy. And then braised beef ragu with rigatoni. So there's your pasta side. And then um, praline pulled pork and grits. Are you kidding? 
How you feeling about that, Paul? <laughs> I'm always hungry back here whenever you have the I just saw him shaking his head back there. I know he... You, you said my favorite word, praline, and then that's just... Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. Did you say praline or praline? Praline. Okay. Oh. The Louisiana. Got it. Praline, praline. It's all the same to me. No matter yep. what, it's delicious. Yep. <laughs> you, learn, you learn that at day one at Ellerby. It's, it's praline. Yeah. <laughs> I know they probably cringed when I just said that. So this is the type of food that you're, order, or you're doing for, for curbside, and yeah. that has to be wildly popular. It has been. We've seen a lot of people enjoying it, and it, it's a fun thing for us to get to offer. And, you know, like we were saying, like we grew up going out to dinner. You know, maybe right now you're not wanting to go out to dinner or you – use Ellerby as a special occasion and the kids are like, well, I've never gotten to go. Well, this is Ellerby at home, you know, mm -hmm. for the whole family. So right. we've had a lot of families say that, oh, the kids were so excited because she said, oh, you're going to get to have Ellerby tonight because they know that's the special place for mom and dad. Kind oh, of a wow. thing. So, so th this is a, is, is it for four to six and how many? Four people, four, $44. 44. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That is Fabulous. Okay, so each week that menu can be found on your website, or they, it, on y'all newsletter, yep. or anything? newsletter, and on the website. Okay, on Just your website. Order by Wednesday afternoon Wednesday and afternoon. pick up on Thursday. Well, I tell you, I did some curbside, and if I, if I remember correctly, I mean, my daughter was just we were reading, and it was chicken salad or something. I'm just like, oh my gosh, which I adore chicken salad, <laughs> but oh my goodness, it's so good, which I. You know, I love everything on your menu. My husband Thank loves you. Mama's uh, the bread pudding. Uh, the bread pudding. <laughs> bread I can't pudding. touch it. But yes, yes, yes. Okay, so um, let's take it back to COVID. So the the silver lining for you all, you did get to regroup and mm -hmm. to redefine some yeah. some some opportunities, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> one thing is I've never looked at our books harder. Every I'll day, bet. which I mean, that's something as my side of it is I do not like to do it. Um, and so with Molly and I and, you know, in, in, her, in your background in college, too. So we were able to really look at our, our our expenses in a whole different light than we were last year. When business is going great, you don't look at a whole lot of things. Mm -mm. And also some things you just like, ah, it's OK. We, we got this. Yeah get back to that. We'll get, we'll get, we'll get, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll fine tune that later on, but we didn't have that opportunity. You know, you know, with COVID came in, every business had to do that. Right. You had to adapt. Like you couldn't adapt next week. You had to adapt that day. Right. And so we are making decisions. Like we made decisions in about two days of just cutting tons of things out. Like we don't need this right the second. Um, our staff needs some, some income. So let's, let's change some things over and let's, everybody can keep their jobs and do things here in house. We took out a lot more responsibilities on as well. Um, we got a great things. We got a, you know, we paint, repainted the restaurant. We, did, you know, we got a new fence. Got a new fence. We, we, we asked our staff, like, listen, we can hire guys to do this. Do you want to do that? But like, I want to do it. Wow. And so it, it was, that's one thing. It was a neat kind of really bringing the family together mm -hmm. when, um, when I think we really get into that, that feeling, you mm -hmm. know, in, in, in our community, in our restaurant for us. And we said from the very beginning that, and we told our staff, we are all in this together. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not, there's no separation here. And as long as y'all want to work, we will find a way to do this and we're going to do it together. And like Richard said, we did not have to let go of one single person through this. And that was a testament to us, to mm -hmm. our staff, but also to Fort Worth. And they supported us through this mm -hmm. 
in ways, you know, it still just amazes me the support we got from the community and it, it allowed us to survive. And all of the families that the support touched throughout our community of the restaurant, the farmers, they still had places for their food to go. I mean, the impact of the, what the community did for us is huge. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'll never forget that one guy who, and, and I don't know who he is still, but he came up to our front door and he said, here's $500. Give this to all your staff. Yep. Didn't oh, order anything, gosh. didn't anything, and just walked off. Isn't I mean, that- and that's what brought that force community together, mm-hmm. you know, of this. Everybody felt for whatever I was going through. And, and I guess he had the means and opportunity to help somebody out. And then he chose us, which mm-hmm. was great. And he didn't want to be right. He just walked in and just gave it to yep. us. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Isn't that? And, mm-hmm. and I have heard this countless times from friends of mine in town that are, and, and everywhere, restaurateurs that have had this type of mm-hmm. support from their community. And, you know, we, we have the doors. You're the brick and mortar. But you also remember, like you just said, Molly, the farmers. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's still that. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, you have to support local and yeah. and um, the dairies and, and all the shops. That's it's right. amazing. Yeah. It's happening. Did you lose any employees because they decided to make the decision? Because it was a scary time. I mean, it is a scary time of, of not wanting to work during this pandemic. Well, just one that he, he he's, you know, he's like, listen, um, if we're heavy on anything, I have some time where I can spend some time with myself and family and take some time off. That helps y'all out. Um, this one person out of our whole staff, and that oh. was that was their decision. But then, you know, he came he came right back when when, sure. when doors beckoned up. He's like, I'm I'm back back it's in. So and I think all of us, you know, have focused on ourselves and our life, long term goals and whatnot through this. And so we've had some that have decided to get completely out of the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. We've had someone else who's decided to take the leap and open their own coffee bar, mm-hmm. and you know, so they left to go ahead and start working on that dream. And so it's, it's been great to see the staff is still continuing. And we've, we've hired two, three new people mm-hmm. in the last couple of months as well. So you know, life goes on. It does go on. Mm-hmm. It definitely goes. Okay. So tell us about the bar and your baby, obviously yeah. it is beautiful. Congratulations. Thanks. I did see it last week. And when we came in during May, when it was, you know, it, that opening when when restaurants opening, I mean, it was just almost like a space movie. Like everybody is so afraid and mm-hmm. they don't want to offend, don't want to cross any boundaries. But you all did it so well. Now we know your staff and we knew people because you have regulars, right? I mean, your mm-hmm. your your brand is built on regulars, I am sure, it right? Is. But tell us th- the bar because. And it's just beautiful. I mean, how tell us what you serve and your thoughts on expansion. Well, we're going to tell you what we planned on for this there bar. And we're going to get there. <laughs> we're going to get there. We know we will at some point. Um, is we always, Molly and I were a fan of these little appetizers and, and great wine and, and bubbles together. So that was kind of like this bar was set up kind of a little bit of a wine bar. Um, and where we had small plates, and Molly, you need to talk about those. Um, I can't remember them, which is crazy. I, I know, know. It was, but I can't remember so what they were. But uh, so these small bites, small plates, um, going on with some really fun wines by the glass. We're gonna have about about thirty or so wines by the glass. Um, also doing wine cocktails, which you don't see very often, um, especially in Texas. You see them a lot more on the east and west coast, but um, we're, we're getting them now here. And, and wine cocktails, just great cocktails are made with wine. Yes. You know. Um, 
And it's a place that, you know, where our hours, it's going to be where uh, when we are actually closed or in the middle of those services, between two services, we'll still be open for that bar. Mm. So you can come in at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock and have a small bite and, ha and have a glass of wine and then to go home for the day or continue on however you want. Um, that's the plan. And that was, and we had, we had about two and a half weeks of that fun, yeah. fun time. Um, but we'll get, we'll get back to that for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have to. Yeah. I mean, come on, we have to. And the, and the bars that, um, are in all across Texas, we'll just use Texas, the bars that had to shut that just recently opened this, this week, mm -hmm. not the week we're airing this, of course, Bless her heart. I yeah. mean, and you, when I, when we say bar, I mean, your bar is not a bar that is over off TCU campus. And we're talking about an elegant fine dining, but the bars that have lost, I just, my heart bleeds. Yeah, for, no, it does. For, I mean, the industry, because we're all in this together, was in Austin. We live part-time in Austin. I, there is a very, very similar, Emmer and Wright, um, mm -hmm. very similar to, to your concept. And fine dining, very small, love it. Um, and I went and they reopened. It was just outside in July in Texas. And I went and supported and I did. I had tears running in my face because it was they just everyone so just trying to adapt, change their menu, did a pop-up menu, did so many different okay, it's Italian night, it's taco night or whatever. And you know what? You just adapt, but they were telling me, the chef was telling me, he said, You know what? We have to adapt to these kids that have lost their jobs, you know, but they're used to coming coming to Emma and Ryan having a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and it's it, it was just interesting, but I would just remember thinking, my heart bleeds for our industry. I say that because that's the industry I'm in, you're in, but all of the industries as well. But what you're saying too is there is a silver lining. You can breathe and you can redefine yourself or shut your doors, right? That's right. You decided not to do that. And we, we've, we've lost some good restaurants in Fort Worth the past couple months. And it's, it's, it's sad. I don't, and I, it's not over. We're, we're going to lose some word this year and lose some next year because of what's going on. Um, but, you know, I think restaurants, if, if you can power through this, we're, we're, we're only going to be a better restaurant next year. And all the restaurants and bars that are able to power through this and then get through that fight, you're going to, I mean, that restaurant bar and that staff's going to be a stronger staff mm -hmm. for sure. No question. And the trust you have that y'all have with your staff. I mean, just incredible. That we, we got good ones. You're going to take care of them. All mm -hmm. right. Okay. I want to do something fun here. I'm going to stop talking about that stuff. It's going to go away, though. All right. So I was there Friday night, and I had Battlefield Ranch Water Buffalo Larb Salad. Okay? Yes. So I am going to use what I thought, and Scott explained it to me, but then I, I saw the flavors, and once I received and, and tasted, it was very Asian-influenced, right? Very. Mm -hmm. Okay. Explain to me this salad slash appetizer. I was... I, Right. So, so fabulous. First of all. Thank all right. You. So explain this Thank to you. me. And where did you come this? Where did this come from? Well, you see it um, as a traditional salad offered a lot at Thai restaurants. Um, and if you've been at LRB much, I usually don't do that much Asian no. inspiration. No. But um, that is where one of the collaborations with my sous chef um, that we've come together because he really loves Asian flavors and whatnot. And so I was like, well, let's give this a try. And um, that's one of his strong suits and not mine. So I love that salad. I wanted to incorporate it on there. And that's, you know, wanted to do our own little take with our local water buffalo instead of ground beef is what you usually see. I, it was it was so, so refreshing so fabulous okay 
pair it with wine for me. Oh gosh, on the spot. <laughs> we can um, come back to you. No, we know. I got it. I, I mean, I got this right. My home run is always champagne. Ah. Yeah. This with this, you got a lot of flavors going on with that salad and those Asian flavors, that spice and heat, um, and some of that acid coming in. I just love sparkling wine with a dish like that. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It'll be. I mean, they're both. It'll make just great. Especially this guy right here in front of us is Argyle Sparkling Rosé out of Oregon. It would go perfectly with that. That looks fantastic. Okay, so you're saying bubbles or, or champagne mm -hmm. with that. Would you ever do a Riesling with a little bit of sweet oh, for sure. on it? Yep, mm -hmm. yep. So I like I like Rieslings and Gebirchmeiners, and I, it's the same also with Thanksgiving. Those are two great wines as well to go with Thanksgiving. But um, yeah, you're right. You're sweet that goes with that heat on a lot of those dishes. Kind of it balances out that sweet. Sweetness comes down. The heat comes down. They kind of a good old marriage of two flavors. Mm. Molly, that was in incredible. Great. And um, there's a local chef that was here not too long ago, and she said the same thing. She said, you know, I just kind of got stuck. I just was doing my same thing all the time, mm -hmm. doing, doing, hired a new, a couple of new guys, and, you know, they kind of pushed the envelope, and it was not in her comfort zone, and she, she said it was wildly popular. Yeah. Okay, so you have um, the shrimp. So they're the shrimp that you have that you put on top of redfish. Am I, am I, remember which one I'm talking, the little tiny shrimp. Mm -hmm, the okay. base shrimp. Yep. Okay. Explain that recipe to everyone, because to me, that's almost a signature for Ellerby. That Our right? barbecue shrimp. Yes. Yes. So our barbecue explain shrimp. that. Well, that was a learning experience for mm -hmm. our staff and for the um, really? clients. Yeah. Because you hear barbecue shrimp in Texas and you're thinking, Barbecue, Texas barbecue, yeah, but sweet. it's New Orleans style. Yes. So it is um, not for the calorie faint at heart. It is a butter base that a compo compound butter with all types of spices, a little chili, some cayenne in there. And then we also sweat down the mirepoix, the onions and the celery and the bell pepper, and then just lightly poach those little base shrimp in there. And so mm -hmm. that's a great sauce all in itself. Just, just so luscious yeah. and fabulous. Pair wine with us. Give me some wine with that. On top of that redfish. Oh, with redfish. Okay. Yeah, the redfish, because we've had mm -hmm. the shrimp on top, the Creole shrimp. The Creole shrimp. Creole shrimp. Okay, yep. yeah, we've had the Creole shrimp because when I think shri Creole shrimp, I think the Louisiana because mm -hmm. it's Shreveport. So if you do the redfish with the Creole shrimp, mm -hmm. what would be your pairing? Well, traditionally, we've actually been doing with Pinot. Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I guess we are all growing up taught. Red meat, white fish, or poultry, yes. right? That's gone for sure now, I think. And so, um, yeah, we, we do we, we do pinots and all kinds of pinot noirs with this dish because uh, the way the dish, the way the fish is prepared with some of that heat on it and then with that fat that's coming to that Texas-based shrimp and the heat on that, it goes great with a just, some, just a really good bright red wine that doesn't overpower the fish. Not tannic at all. You need something that really has no tannins on it, but it has that same kind of mouthfeel that that fish is going to weight mm. of that wine is going to have the same weight that that dish is going to have. And mm -hmm. then just trying to marry that same notes that are in the dish that you might have that same note in that wine. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Is there a favorite? You have one favorite dish on your menu. Is there? I, I don't. Know. I, know. I don't. I know. We get, it, we get asked yeah, that a lot. People ask me that and it all changes. Like I, I come up with my new menu. I'm so excited. I post it. I'm like, yay. You know, everyone looks at it. Everyone's excited. We go through menu change. And then we're about three weeks in. And I'm like, okay, I'm tired of looking at that dish. I've got to completely change that. Uh, right. You know, and so by the time I get done, I don't no, like any of them. Ever. And I'm sitting there thinking, what was I 
doing, putting this on my menu, and then I have to start all over. You so. take it off, and then someone wants it back. Oh, yeah. Of Always. course. Of course. <laughs> but I would say probably people know when, when we bring on the menu the duck confit. Yes. Oh, well, yes, I always bring a confit yeah, that, That's a, you, don't, you don't have to bring coffee. that exact dish, but you bring a formation of that dish mm-hmm. every single year. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, it's back. It's back. It's back. The duck confit <laughs> yes. is back. Yes. You, you do a very traditional style yes. duck confit. Yeah. So, um, and it's, it's, so it takes a long time to yeah. make it the way it, it is. But, yeah, that's one dish I think you'll see coming back mm-hmm. usually twice a year, give or take some time. Yeah. So. yeah. Which part of the year would it be? Winter. Winter. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's coming. So it's coming. the duck confit is very rich, very, very rich. And you would put with that? I'm going to go, gosh, that's when you think regionally, right? So wine pairings, where dishes from, what, what are they going to drink with that? So I'm going to I'm gonna go just French. Go in France. I'm go French, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, uh, I, I love a Rhone. Again, I, I know we keep coming back to this, you know, this little girl right here on the table. But the Rhones, you know, with that, you just get a little bit richer style wine. You know, um, with a, I mean, that definitely is a rich dish, yes. right? But you don't want a wine too rich to where it's it's gonna you know be too much going on the whole in the mouth at the same time, right? Yeah. Right. So I always ask my chefs and my foodies and my wine. I always ask this question: What is your either favorite or earliest memory food memory? And I'm gonna start. I'll start with mine, so you can think a minute. But and you may know it right away. But your earliest. I mean, very earliest in mine was when I was about four or five. It was the 70s, and my mom had a dinner party, fondue party, all right? And she had the fondue pots, the electric. It was it was electric because it was the 70s color. And I remember hiding underneath the main table, hiding underneath, and I would just sit and watch and watch. And I would look, and I'd see my mom's big uh, glitter palazzo pants or, you know, big, big legs. And it was the 70s, and they were having fun. I'm sure there were cigarette smoke everywhere. And I was under there, and I just remember this, all of the fun. And me going to culinary school, I said, I'm not going to, I'm not doing food. I got a full ride scholarship and it was based on food. Mm-hmm. So I was put there and I had a passion for it, but that was my youngest and my most, ah, that was just the coolest thing. And it was fondue. I mean, give me it was cheese, mm-hmm. <laughs> cheese and chocolate yeah. melted basically. So you tell us your, your, your food memory. And it may be last week. Well, my, our youngest food memory? Oh, it doesn't matter. Just you have great Well, I'll go with food. youngest because that's what, that's what I thought of first. And I'm not saying it's a good one, but I do remember yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> Our grandmother's house as well. And I was around four or five years old because my grandmother saying we had these really just party, dinner parties and, you know, especially Christmas Thanksgiving was really big in our family. Gelatin salad that they would make. Oh, yeah. That would oh, have wow. nuts in it. Yes. And as a kid, you're like, okay, first I'm eating jello. That's not clear. It actually it has it's <laughs> opaque. In it. it has stuff in yes. it. Then not only that, you could put mayonnaise on top of it. I know. And so, and so as a kid, you're like, this, grandma, this is not right. <laughs> but you still ate it and you could not eat. I mean, you you, you had to at least try a bite in our, in our house. Sure. You try a bite of everything. Just, that's yeah. a memory I have, which so I don't eat it anymore. It's no. a it's a food I, I've gone away with, but that's a memory I do have. <laughs> Really young. Is that funny? Because I remember the mayonnaise as well on top of the... I mean, I'm thinking of that now. I want to kind of... My mouth. I was like... It sounds horrible right now. It was green. green. Oh, it's only green. Green. It's like a lime lime green. Oh, yeah. yeah, They put some stashes in it. Yes. They have marshmallows every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. I remember mother doing a yellow... um, Yellow um, with cheddar cheese Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, nuts and... I'm. 
Uh, anyway, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, gotta, we have to move on from this. <laughs> we just went down that road. Thanks, Richard. What wine would you pair with that? Oh gosh, yeah, don't a lot. It. Yeah, well, I don't I mean, know that yeah. one. Poor <laughs> <for> Bill. <laughs> exactly. Okay, it's true. Um, a food memory would probably be at my grandparents' house on Ellerby. Uh huh. Um, they had a large piece of property, really big vegetable garden and then a couple ponds and even past the ponds there were a couple fields so um I remember not only picking the vegetables in the garden but I remember distinctly one morning my grandfather had plowed one of the fields and it was me and my sister and my two cousins and being out there and it'd be hot outside and we were walking behind the tractor digging our feet into the cold dirt feeling around for potatoes. Wow. And, yes. And and digging up the potatoes and doing that and really seeing like the whole process of going, doing that, bringing it home to my grandmother. Then she would have the washing, the, yeah. the washing and putting them in the closet to ripen and the whole the whole process of the vegetables from start right. to finish. Yeah. You know, and and you if if you if you experienced that, there was black eyed peas. Oh yes. Did you shell them with your fingers, or were you one of those wealthy people in town that had that the mm. the electric one? Uh, we oh. would oh, yeah. sit in the garden room on yeah. the floor, um, and we would have our two bowls, and we would get ten cents for each bowl that we shelled. <laughs> and I mean, you were in big money, oh, you know, and you yeah. only made it through like three bowls before, sure, before you were done. Were done. <laughs> yeah, got a little but, I mean, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, but that was. Definitely. And for what it's worth, we still shell our own peas at LRB. I know. You I do? Oh, yeah. I do it. Yes. <laughs> I bring them because it's a memory. It I, is a memory. You know, and the farmers are like, do you want do you want the shelled ones? I'm like, no, 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 no. Give us the ones without. And just the smell of it and, yes. that, and feeling it. Mm-hmm. And I know the kitchen, every time the peas come in or the okra, they're like, oh, goodness, oh, here, we, here go. we go again, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh, it's so great. You know, just grab a couple bowls, stand online and wait for that order to start coming in and just shell. And That is fantastic. Between. I love that. Yeah. That is a great. And it is memories. And, I, and, I, and I'm hoping that I'm creating memories, you know, for my daughter. She's 21 now. But, but I want what I had. I would pick blackberries on our fence and I would just go and down and eat them mm-hmm. and eat them and eat them. And, I, and my mom's like, just pick them. We're going to make a cobbler or whatever. And she would ask me, did you eat any? Mm-mm. And I'm, my, my mouth is purple. I mean, it, yeah. you know, just, okay, you can get a spanking from the peach tree. Okay. And okay, take your licking. But, you know, I mean, it's just those fabulous memories. Mm-hmm. And and knowing you two now better, I see I see that passion comes from memories. For and sure. the namesake of your of your restaurant, LRB, yes. because your grandparents because my grandparents lived off of Ellerby in Ellerby. Shreveport. So it was uh, owed to them and mm-hmm. our childhoods and in yep. yeah. our hometown. Yeah, and, you're, and, and, and you two, your partners, of yeah. course. Okay, I want to know before we wrap up, White Gloves, Purple Teeth. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah, so that's a little bit of something we've uh, we formed a little bit before this all happened, but like Molly was saying, we, we adapted it now uh, this year. So, yeah, so... We have a unique license. We're able to sell over wine retail. We're able to get a lot of fun wines that restaurants can't necessarily get sometimes. Um, so we offer just a personal concierge service, and it can be we just help you buy wine for a party or for a wedding or for your wine cellar. Um, or if you have a wine cellar, you don't know, like, gosh, I really, we have a lot of Cabernet, but I really want to try some other things. Can you start kind of show me some of the wines that 
you know, my family might like in this price point. And so we'll kind of go through a seller management and with them on that. Um, private events. So we're doing like virtual wine tastings now, mm -hmm. which that wasn't a thing five months ago. Not right? at no, all. Nobody knew what Zoom was in January. Couldn't make someone do that. Right. No. no. So now we're doing these little virtual wine tastings um, with, with the winemakers and wine, winery owners now too. So you, people could be in their home or their office and doing these fun little, you know, white glove style feeling of having wine. So we'll bring the wine to your, you know, your business or your house for you. And then later on that night, we'll, uh, we'll have a little phone call and walk through wine for about an hour, an hour and a half. Wow. So yeah, it's, it's been great. It's just, uh, it's just something really unique our restaurant can do. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a lot of our customers do really, really love and appreciate wine. And it's something like, I just don't know really what to buy sometimes. And so that's kind of we're here to guide them through that. Hey, here, here's a question for you. So, um, lived in different places in my life and moved quite often. And at one point I dated a wine sommelier, not anymore, dated his wine sommelier. He was at the Ritz in Boston and I learned so much and was able to collect. So I don't know what I have anymore. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Is that a service? Is that a thing to come to someone's home and say, pitch it, drink it, store it? Yep, that's what we do. You yeah. could do that. Mm -hmm. See, that's I've had people ask me that because I don't know if that was a two dollar, <laughs> two buck chuck or if it was. I, I don't know what. I mean, some of it obviously I, you do, but storage and and moving and transferring and because that can damage right a wine quickly. It, it can, you know. But you know, like for instance, my wife's birthday. Well, we celebrated her, her birthday this week, and um, I got one of her birthday wines. I'm not going to say what what birthday it was, but I got one of her birthday wines. <laughs> okay. And uh, I knew the wine wasn't going to be at its best moment in life, but we drank anyways. It's like this wine is not going to be the best, but it's going to be really fun to drink it together um, as a group. We did, and I explained what happened on in that year and how that wine was made that way. So sometimes the wine still cannot be at its you know best um, optimal way of tasting, but still you might want to keep it sometimes because it has a memory behind it while you bought mm -hmm. that bottle. So, um, but yeah, there's, there's, we do help with that as well. Like okay. you, you need to drink this or don't drink this yet. Hold on to it for maybe two more years or, right. or just open it and have fun. Like don't yeah. even think about it. Just go it. <laughs> open know. it and just either yeah, right. drink it or not. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, it has been so fabulous seeing you, both of you here. And I, you're, I, I have to say we've had so many guests on, we're almost on 47 or something shows, I think, wow. but, um, I have to say, you two going through this national pandemic, we've all gone through. I just, I feel good. I mean, I feel good about what you've done, how our community is supported. You've supported the community and so many families. And I just can't thank you for your talent and your time and your energy and your passion. For sure. Thank you. And I can't wait to come in that bar. That's right. Well, this, has been, this has been fun doing this as well. Yeah. I know. Yeah, well, we thank you so much. Okay. We can find you at Ellerby's. Dot com is that the LRBFineFoods.com. Okay, Instagram. Um, we do it all. Instagram okay. and uh, Facebook and all the well, man. We have a good team that handles all our yeah, PR. We don't. Don't, don't <laughs> we? Yeah, we know we have a Facebook page. We do not get on it. Um, but there's no we. But it's managed very well by by a team. So, exactly. Yeah. I do understand. Yeah, we try. Yeah. We, we, yes. Yes. Exactly. Well, I appreciate you and everyone. Please go and support these fabulous people and uh, support local and the yes. farmers and everyone. Else. Please. And it's great talking to you today. Everyone follow me at Tiffany C. Blackman. And, of course, we're trying to get up in that Apple world. Please go to YouTube, rate and review this, and tell us what you want to hear and see and do. And I hope you all are well and keep being fabulous.